Got your Bibles? So what's the difference between worry and prayer? Some people might think that's an obvious answer, but I want to talk about it tonight, the difference between worry and prayer. So we need to do this tonight. If you look up at the screen, how many know we need to pray more and worry less? Now, worry is something that is uh, part of our lives, but what we have to understand is the amount of worry we have in our lives has to do with how much emphasis we give to it. And so we can choose every day in the situations that we're facing to worry or to pray. Those are the two options that we have. And I think that's a great video and a great picture of our lives, of how, how life is, where we, we have a certain thing said, or maybe we get a bill, or we have a bad news, or, or somebody says something to us, and all of a sudden, our minds begin to go, amen, just like that video. And, and that guy goes from having a bad day at work to having done something wrong to losing his job to losing the house, and our minds begin to go. We have to learn how to control our minds. The definition of worry, listen to this, is to allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. That's what worry is, to allow one's mind to dwell or to uh, dwell or, uh, sorry, to allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or trouble. So we, that doesn't take away from the trouble or the difficulty, but when we worry, it's allowing our minds to dwell on it. And then not only dwell on it, but make it worse. And then go to the worst. That's what that actual video was called, the worst case scenario. Some people don't even do it on purpose, but we live our lives like that. We live our life in the worst case scenario. If something's going to happen, the worst thing's going to happen. Now, it doesn't mean you can't plan and you can't be wise and all that, but we, we can't always make a mountain out of a molehill. Can somebody say amen? So let's look at what Matthew chapter 6 says tonight. Verse 25, and we're going to read this and see what Jesus said about worrying. These are some powerful scriptures. These are things that we need to remind ourselves of. He says, therefore, verse 25, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Now, a lot of times people can read that first little verse there and say, well, I don't got to go to work. I don't have to do anything. I just sit back and let God take care of everything. We know that's not what Jesus is saying. He's talking about life situations. He's talking about things that happen that are out of our control. He says, don't worry about your body. What you'll put on is not life worth more than food and the body more than clothing. So then he goes on to say how he he shows us in nature. He says, look at the birds of the air, verse 26. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And he says, are you... Of not, not of more value than they. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Now, now I'm going to st- keep reading here in a second, but I want to I touch this part here for a second. We, we cannot control a lot of things in our lives. How many understand that? There's a lot of things that are out of our control. There's a lot of things we can control. Here's the powerful thing. One of the things we can control is our mind and how we worry about things, how we allow um, the situation that we may be facing to grow. And I want you to write this down tonight. I've got some other things I want you to write down, but I really want you to write this one down if you don't get anything else. This is a powerful thought. I had this thought the other day, I think on Monday, and that's why I wanted to preach on this tonight. Worry is a conversation 
you have with yourself about things you cannot change. Okay, worry is a conversation. That doesn't have to be an out loud, you know, audible voice conversation. But worry is a conversation that you're having with yourself about things you cannot change. How many are following me there? Okay. But here's what prayer is, because I'm asking you tonight, what's the difference between worry and prayer? might be obvious, but it's a matter of flipping this around. Prayer is a conversation you have with God about things only he can change. Okay, I'm going to read that again. I want, and if you don't get anything else tonight outside of the verses, of course, I want you to think about that. When you're faced with some kind of situation of, that would cause you to worry, that would cause you to fret, that would cause you to be concerned, immediately your mind is going to begin to go and you're going to begin to have a conversation with yourself and you're going to begin to, just like that video, this is going to happen and that's going to happen and this is going to happen and that's going to happen and, and you begin to have that conversation with yourself and nine times out of ten you can't control what you're talking about. You have no control over it. It's out of your hands. You can't even put your hands on it. Amen. What perfect example for me tonight is my mom, you know, recovering from a heart thing. I can have no control over that whatsoever. I could try to get involved all day long, want to see her recover fast, want everything to be perfect. She, that's totally out of my control. Totally, and, and, and that's just an example. I can't do anything about it. So I, can, I could worry about it. I could talk about it. I could do all these things. But prayer is still having a conversation but having a conversation with God instead of myself about things only he can change. Now, I can pray, God, touch my mom, help her recover fast, and I can begin to pray and have a conversation with God. God can begin to do something in my mom's body because he's the only one that can change that. How many of you see what I'm saying? And so we, we need to pray more and worry less because here it says in this verse, which one of you, by worrying, can add a cubit to his stature. Now, another uh, breakdown and explanation of what that means is, how many by worrying, think about this, how many by worrying can make your life better? Has anybody ever worried and things got better? Does worry help? Does worry make the situation change? Does, does, no, it doesn't. it's obvious that it doesn't, yet we do it, we worry. And so it's, he's saying, or, or here's another one, can worrying, here's another way to say add a cubit to your stature, can worrying add time to your life? Is worrying going to take away from your life or is worrying going to add to your life? Take away. It's going to cause stress. And so Jesus is saying stop worrying about things that you cannot control. He obviously expects us to, to do the things we can control. But there are things that are out of our control that we cannot uh, handle. I mean, think about the people tonight, for example, in this hurricane season. Thank God we don't live on the Florida coast. Some people say they want to live on the beach. Well, go ahead and go live on the beach right now over there. You know, it's like you get what you want sometimes. Those people living over there, there's a lot of advantages to that and a lot of blessings there and beautiful thing to live on the beach. But you know what? They can't control that hurricane. We can't control when a tornado comes through Texas. Some people could be like, man, I'm going to keep my windows boarded up, and I'm going to make sure I, you know, just constantly thinking about the what ifs and what happens if and what happens if. We can't live our life that way. Some people never get hit by a tornado. Some people never get hit by hail. Or maybe we've had hailstorms. Some of us in our church have gotten hit in their cars and their houses. And every time a hailstorm comes, we could think, man, it's going to hit me again. But worrying about it's not going to 
make it happen or keep it from happening. But praying can. Praying can say, God, I can't control this, but I'm going to talk to you about it, and I'm going to trust you to do something. So without reading all these verses and the following ones, he goes on to say in the next three or four verses that, you know, I, I, just like Solomon was arrayed with all those beautiful clothes, I've put the lilies on the field, I, I, I put the grass on the ground. And then he says in verse, the end of 30, he says, which today's is and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, He says, if I do that, how much more will I clothe you? And he says, oh, you of little faith. How many, be honest tonight, say our faith wavers a lot, right? We worry more a lot of times than we pray. How many times are we in a situation where we need to be praying, and instead of praying, instead of using that energy to pray and get on our knees and say, God, I'm not going to think about anything else. I'm going to pray over this situation. We sit there and worry. We sit there and worry, and we sit there and wonder what, what's going So we're spending that energy, we're spending that time worrying, and Jesus is saying you're wasting your time because you can't control that. So it's something we have to captivate in our minds. We have to catch and grab and not allow that to happen. So, again, worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things you cannot change. But prayer is a conversation you have with God about things only He can change. Philippians chapter 4, I want to give you a few more verses tonight. This is a very known, very common one. But I'll tell you what, this this chapter right here and these verses right here will really, really help us if we'll learn to focus on them. Many of you have heard them. He says, be anxious for nothing. Now, church, say nothing with me. It means nothing. So there's nothing we should be anxious about. We we, We shouldn't worry about it. We shouldn't stress about it. We need, to, we need to trust him. He says, be anxious for nothing. But what does he say to do? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, uh, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Amen. Like Joe was saying at the prayer tonight, that's, that's what we have to do. We have to realize that he sees our situation. And a lot of times we, don't need, we need to remember we don't have to remind God of our situation. He already knows it. God, do you know what's going on with me? Sometimes we have that conversation. God, do you know what's going on with me? And God's like, of course I know what's going on with you. And the quicker you'll trust me and the quicker you'll start praying over this situation, the quicker I can move. That that's human nature. I'm I'm just talking to human nature tonight. We all worry and we all go further in our minds than we need to go. And we think about things we don't need to think about. and And we go all the way down the road to something that might not ever happen. Don't raise your hand. I'll raise my hand for you. How many times in your life have you thought something out and contemplated in your mind something that was going to happen and it never even got to the second step? But you thought for sure it was going to go south and it was going to go bad and this was going to go wrong. And, 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 you know, for an example, you get a bad um, he- migraine headache and you've already got cancer, terminal cancer, and a brain tumor. Right? I've been there. You just go to the very worst possible scenario in your mind. That is not God's call on our lives. Now, listen, there's real brain tumors. There's real cancer. Those things do happen to people. But what are the, what are the percentages? How many people actually get a terminal brain cancer? How many people actually, you know, that migraine turns into that? Very few. So why worry about that until it happens? If it happens, God forbid, then you face that and you face it a different. Why sit there and worry about something that never, what if I fail this test? What if I don't do good on this interview? 
What if, what if this person doesn't like me? What if my spouse cheats on me? What if my job fires me? What if, what if, some people live their, day, their lives every single day worrying and worrying and worrying. Well, what if the government stops this? And what if, what if war happens? And what if Jesus doesn't come back? And what if Jesus didn't forgive me? And what if, we just, what if, what if, what if? And we, we are just walking around worrying and not praying enough. And we all need to remind ourselves this situation is not going to change by me having a conversation with myself about it because I can't change this. So I'm going to go to the Lord, and I'm going to talk to him about it. And then we go on to see there he says, let's read this again. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Now I want to give you a nugget tonight. That word with thanksgiving is super key. It's a key because you have to thank him in advance. Lord, I thank you in advance. You know, when we're worshiping and praising and we go through those, uh, those songs and we're clapping and we're singing, I want to remind you tonight, I almost preached on this tonight, but the Lord took me a different direction. When we're praising and worshiping, we are telling the Lord, God, you got this. Some people, you might think, how can they sit there and clap like that and sing like that and be happy and smile when they're going through a situation because we're telling God, you've got this. I know you've got this, and I'm, I'm declaring you've got this, and I'm praising you that you've got this, and I'm thanking you that you've got this. Every single night, especially on a Wednesday night, how many problems do you think are in this place tonight? How many real problems, real situations, real struggles are brought into a house of God, but we begin to praise and worship, and that's our moment. Just like I sent that text out today, you can think, oh, man, I don't, I don't want to go to church tonight. It's, it's cloudy. It's gloomy, and, and you can let that mindset get into you, but let's come to church. Let's be together. Let's praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands. Let's clap unto God. Let's say, God, you've got this. You, you're Lord over my situation. You're bigger than my problem. You're, you're on the throne tonight. Amen. Man, I'm going to praise you and worship you like you are. And I'm going to clap my hands. I'm going to come in and get in the fire of the Holy Spirit and realize that God is above my problems, and that's why he established that we would praise him with thanksgiving. So when you say thank you, that's an act of faith. You're saying thank you before. Do you realize when we say amen? Do you realize when we say amen that means so be it? That means we are, we are saying, you know, we might say it religiously or we might say it because of habit, but what we're saying is that, God, we, we believe that what we just prayed for is done. Why would we waste our energy to pray if we don't believe what we're praying? Don't pray. Next time we go to pray and you don't believe, just, just, just don't say anything. But if you believe and you open your mouth, you should expect a result. You should say, God, I, I, this is out of my hands but because I'm praying, you're going to do this. You're going to take control. Amen? So then he goes on and says, this is powerful, verse 7. He says, and the peace of God. Oh, the world wants that peace right there. You know, you might think, I think it's in our men's bathroom, uh, there's a statement there, and I'm, I can't get it exactly right, but it's something about if you want to count your blessings, uh, if you want to see how rich you are, count your blessings. If you want to know how, how wealthy you are, count your blessings. You know, we come in here tonight, and we, and we have tonight. You might say, man, I, I, I'm lacking this. I'm lacking that. I don't have this. I don't have that. This is going on. That's, did you realize tonight that having the peace of God is priceless? Does anybody believe that tonight, that having the peace of God is priceless? We are wealthy tonight. 
We are rich tonight in God because we have peace in the midst of a situation. And maybe you don't have peace tonight, but that's what this message is for, that you'd pray more and worry less or have more peace and less anxiety, however you want to break it down. So he says, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Has anybody ever felt that peace before? I have. Where you just don't even know why you have peace. See, you're in a situation you shouldn't have peace, and you just have something, some calm comes over you, and you just know God's got this. That's the peace that passes all understanding. And then he says, I love this, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So here's the key. When I'm praying, instead of worrying, my mind is being guarded. My mind is being guarded from the situations in my life that could cause me to worry. And listen, how many want to please the Lord tonight and and, and obey the Lord when he says, don't worry? Remember that old song long time ago, back in the 80s maybe, um, I could whistle it. Don't worry, be happy, right? Generic old song, but that's the truth. We need to not worry and be happy. How much more should we not worry and be happy as children of the living God? Come on, church. Amen. He's alive tonight. He's bigger than our problems. He's bigger than our situations. And he's guarding our hearts and minds. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. So here's an important thought. Sometimes we might, hey, I just had a, I had a peace moment right there. God wants peace to rule. That means he wants peace to be there more than not. We shouldn't say, man, I, I remember this one time. I remember this one moment 28 years ago that I had the peace that was just a God wants peace to rule in our hearts. He wants it, he wants it to be the other way around, that we said, man, I remember this one time I didn't have peace. And then God gave me peace. But it shouldn't be the other way around. We have to try to figure out, man, I, how many times have I had peace in my life? He says, I want peace to rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And he says, and be thankful. And be thankful. Listen to this. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. Okay? Worrying is not going to empty tomorrow's sorrow but it will empty today's strength. Did you get that? You will be losing strength and losing peace and losing joy today over something that you cannot control tomorrow. You know, that's why the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Tomorrow is a whole new day. You know, as Robert mentioned that at the offering, how sad it is that someone allows themselves to get a place, and, and, and as he said, no one reached out to him, but get to a place where they see no hope, no answer. Whatever that man was going through, whatever struggles he was facing, he was having a conversation of worry with himself, and at some point he could have realized by, by someone ministering to him or someone saying something to him or something happened where he would realize, whatever problem I have right now is not going to be this big tomorrow. 
He was already draining himself. Someone who takes their own life like that, someone who allows those things to happen, is already thinking six months, one year, five years, ten years down the road of all the bad things that can happen, and it's very likely they never would have happened. But they, they see no hope. And so they see just darkness, and they see no hope at the end of the tunnel, and so they just quit and give up. That's not God's will. Think about this. Worry often gives a small thing a big shadow. Worry often gives something very small a big shadow. You, you see that shadow, and you think, man, this is, oh, my gosh, that's so big, that's so overwhelming, and it could be something real small, real far away. Same thing what we do when we magnify a problem and we're looking at a mohill and we make a mountain out of it. It's not something that's even big, but we make it big because we worry. It's not God's will tonight. And that's something we have to continually grab onto. Amen. Psalms 55:22 says this: Cast your burden on the Lord. That's our problem tonight. We cast our burdens on each other. We cast our burdens on ourselves. We cast our burdens on all kinds of things, but who's got the big shoulders tonight? God. God's the one that can handle it. He's the one that wants us to cast it on him. So it's cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He will never, here's a promise. How many like promises? He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Amen. I love God's promises. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. So we have to trust that tonight. We have to continually remember that. Aren't you thankful tonight that we're here on a Wednesday night being reminded that God is bigger than our situation? Amen. Instead of sitting at home talking ourselves into something else. You did the right thing by talking yourself into coming to church tonight. I'm going to go whether I feel like it or not because God's going to speak to me. God's going to speak for me. God's going to speak through me. And I'm going to talk myself into prayer tonight instead of talking myself into the bottle or talking myself into worry or talking myself into doubts. Amen. Cast your burdens on him and he will sustain you. People become attached to their burdens. Listen to this. People become attached to their burdens sometimes more than their burdens actually attached to them. There are people in this world, I hope nobody in this place tonight, who, who cannot function unless they're miserable. Cannot function unless something's wrong. They don't know what to do if things are right. They, 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 they allow that burden to, to become attached to them. They allow that burden to be more attached to them than it really is. They almost embrace it. They almost allow that thing to come in and just have dinner with them every night. We could have taken that video and pictured that and put a fourth person there and called that person worry. And they could have just, hey, what do you think about that worry? Hey, we're so glad you're here tonight din at dinner worry. We're so glad you came to hang out with us, Mr. Anxiety. Thank you for joining us tonight. And if he wasn't there, they wouldn't know what to do. How many are picturing what I'm saying? Amen. That's not that. I'm not, I hope nobody in here is like that. But there are people like that in the world that they, they become more attached to their burden than the burden is attached to them. Why? Because they don't pray enough. They worry too much. They worry and they worry 
and they worry. I got a few more verses for you. In Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. So when somebody is depressed and goes on to fulfill that depression and take their life or even does anything dangerous to, to get drunk or do drugs or, or try to commit suicide or, or walk in the spirit of depression, it's because they have allowed anxiety or worry to dominate them. They have allowed their, their worry and their conversation to become a friend. You ever heard the saying, misery loves company? You could put anxiety loves company, worry loves company, fear loves company, all these things that can attach themselves to us. We need to say, no, I'm not accepting that. I'm not going to think like that because Jesus told me in his word, I don't need to worry about that. So I'm going to let it go. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to grab onto it. Amen? You just flick it off. Amen? If a cockroach gets, gets on you and tries to, or a bug tries to run, you don't, you don't welcome it in. Hey, how you doing? Try to pet it. You're getting it off of you. Amen? If, if, if anxiety or worry or doubt or fear comes on you, you push it off. Pray more, worry less. So it says anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. This is awesome. But a good word makes it glad. You know, when you come to church, God's got a good word for you. God's got a good word for you tonight, and that word is don't worry, be happy. Amen. That word, that word is pray more and worry less. Here's what happens. As I begin to close, the only thing you will ever accomplish by worrying, here's the only thing you'll ever accomplish, is you'll elevate your stress. When you worry, stress goes higher. Anxiety gets more. Blood pressure gets higher. Anxiety and stress, church, are the biggest causes of our physical problems. When we don't have a grip on fear and anxiety and worry, it, it, it destroys our bodies. You know, if you were to study it and get into it on a psychology type of side with anxiety, anxiety causes things to be in your body that are not even there. I've been there before. I've had physical ailments where I, I was able to find out through the Lord helped me realize that came from stress. That came from anxiety and worrying and, 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 and putting it bigger than it is instead of taking it to the Lord. As I begin to finish, I want to say this again. You ask yourself this question, how often am I guilty of worrying instead of praying? How often am I guilty? And I don't say that to condemn us because we're all there. I'm there too. I, I've got to remind myself, am I praying or am I worrying? Because think about this. You can't do both at the same time. Am I praying or am I worrying? If I'm worrying, I'm not praying. If I'm praying, I'm not worrying. So that's why I pray more, worry less. The only thing you'll ever accomplish is elevating your stress. Uh, two more verses here. Psalms 56, verse 3 and 4. This is a great one. Whenever I am afraid, because this isn't to say tonight that we don't have things that will get us afraid. This isn't to say tonight that there aren't situations that are scary and cause us to worry. That we would be, we would be uh, lying tonight if we said, man, that didn't worry me. That doesn't scare me. That doesn't, that's, that's fine that something scares you or, or, or brings worry to the forefront of your conversation. But you have to choose to do what the next part of this verse says, I will trust in you. 
Whenever I'm afraid, what a great verse right there to just staple to the front of your head or tape. That'd be better, right? Staple would probably hurt. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Not in myself, not in somebody else. I'll trust in you, Lord. When I'm afraid, I'll trust in you. That might seem uh, simple, but what a great answer. Whenever I'm afraid, I'll trust in you. Now, watch what it goes on to say. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. Now, here's the end result. You know, as we, as we every single day get closer and closer, because remember, every day we live, we're closer to meeting Jesus. We're closer to, the, to the, all things coming to an end, and that end could be our lives. Every day that passes, we're, we get older, not younger, but we get closer to God. We get closer to glory. And in that understanding, we have to understand this. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. You know, I was talking about that to somebody today. If, if we begin to take our minds, you know, I guess someone said YouTube was down yesterday around the whole world. And people were fronting and, and getting all excited about it. And, and, and I don't know what that means, what, that YouTube would be down. But it, that, this, this fear comes on people and, and, the, and the news feeds off those kinds of things. And the bottom line is, church, we're living in a world where everything we do and everything we are is connected to the Internet. Everything. Do you realize that every day we live, we're just a, just a moment away from, from, from the electromagnetic pulse just taking our entire grid out and, and just not being able to function? Do you realize that? We could dwell on that every day. We could think, man, uh, they've got, now that I'm on all these social media things, they've got all my, all my, all my, uh, my, my data. They know who I am. They know where I live. They know what I believe. Thank God for that. Amen. They know what I believe. All these things could scare us. Those are some real reasons to worry. But we have to say, what can man do to me? At the end of the day, God, God is in control. And, and we have to take that captive. We have to grab a hold of that and say, I'm going to trust God. Amen? And look at this. In God, and I like the house in quotations there or parentheses. Which one is that? Thank you. I always get those confused. I will praise his word. Do you praise the word of God? Do you thank God that his word is, is like a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path? I will praise his word, and, and this is what we do. Again, when we clap and we sing a song and we praise the Lord, we're saying, God, I've put my trust in you. God, I've put my trust in you. I will not fear. And we get to that song. Uh, the, what was the song tonight? Um, the last worship song. How to start? Carla? You deserve the glory. Oh, God, it doesn't matter what. When you say you deserve the glory, you're saying that whether things are good or bad. You're saying, Lord, I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? You deserve the glory because you are great. You do mighty things, oh, God. And you lift up your hands. You know what you're doing when you lift up your hands? You're saying, God, I'm taking my hands off this situation. I'm taking my hands off this, this thing. I'm not controlling it anymore. It's yours. Here you go, God. Here you go. It's a good thing to do that. Amen. Get your hands off it. God's wanting us to surrender and say, I'm not going to try to meddle in this. I'm not going to try to be involved in this. I'm going to give it to you. Here's some great verses tonight, church, for you to look at. You've heard, maybe heard this before. We need to stop looking at the mountain 
and telling God, God, that mountain is so big. Right? That's what we do. When, our, when we're conversating worry, we say, God, that's a big mountain. Instead of saying, mountain, I got a big God. Mountain, I got a big God. Look at how, how simple that turnaround is. It's, it really is powerful when you turn things around. I can worry or I can pray. I can be anxious or I can have peace. It's our choice. I can't choose it for you. You can't choose it for me. It's personal. That's why sometimes you can look at someone's life and say, how do they have so much peace? It's not because God loves them more. It's not because there's just this uh, amazing anointing upon them that that you don't have. When that happens, it's because they have realized, and maybe not always perfect, but at that moment at least, God, you deserve the glory. You do great and mighty things. And, and mountain, my God, is bigger than you. Instead of telling God, man, God, that mountain sure is big. You know what that does? That tells God, well, I, I can't help you, I guess. You, you, I guess that mountain's bigger than me. We don't really would ever, never really literally say that, but it's what we're saying. When we describe the mountain, God, did you see how big that mountain is? God, are you listening to me? And God is just saying, I wish you'd stop talking about the mountain and stop talk, start talking about me. And when you start talking about me, I can start working on that mountain. That's the battle we have to face every day. We have to make those decisions every day. So here it is again. Worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things you cannot change. But prayer is a conversation you have with God about things you cannot control. God, I give this to you. I I lay it in your hands. And then the last verse I want you to write down is so awesome. From Jesus' word is Matthew 11, 28 to 30. He says, come to me. Who, Who do we go to? He says, come to me. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. As humans... We wait too long to go to the Lord. We wait too long to go and seek his counsel. We wait too long to get in his presence. You know you didn't have to wait to get to church tonight to get in his presence. You didn't have to wait to get here to worship him. You worship him everywhere everywhere out. This is an awesome corporate thing, and sometimes it gets us back on track and reminds us, and there's power in that corporate worship, but Jesus is there all the time. And we need to just go to him. He says, come to me. Come to me, all you are who are burdened and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen? Father, we thank you tonight that we are going to pray more and worry less. I declare tonight, Lord, I'm going to pray more and worry less. I cannot add any time to my life. I cannot add any blessings on my life. I cannot make life better. All I do is make life worse. All I do is lessen my time on earth when I stress. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do what's right, as that word was given tonight in prayer. If you'll abide in me, if I abide in your word, you will abide in me, Father. You will hear my prayers. 
And you will move that mountain tonight if I'll stop describing it. Lord, when we worship and we praise, church, as you're praying tonight, listen to this again. When you worship and you praise, you're describing the greatness of God. When you worry, you're describing the lack of God. This is my situation. Look at this, God. Look at this. Oh, what am I going to do here? How is this going to work out? But when I worship, I'm describing that God is bigger. God's got this. Doesn't mean we don't do what we're supposed to do. Doesn't mean we don't go to work. Doesn't mean we don't do the things that we're not lazy. We just don't sit around and wait for some, some supernatural miracle to happen. But we trust God. We trust that he's in control. We trust that he's bigger than the mountain. He's bigger than the situation. And nothing is impossible for him tonight. Lord, I, I, I preach this to myself. We preach it to ourselves tonight, God, that we're going to pray more and worry less. Lord, when things aren't going the way we want them to go, we're going to pray. We're not going to describe how bad the situation is. We're going to take those things to you. And we're going to come to you, Lord, and we're going to lay those things on your shoulders because you're a big God and you can handle it. And what you're really telling us in this message tonight and in this verse in Matthew 11 is that that yoke has already been taken to the cross. That burden has already been laid on the cross and that blood has already been shed for it tonight. Father, I come against every spirit of anxiety tonight, every spirit of fear, every spirit of worry and doubt, because all worrying does, Father, is allow our minds to dwell on the difficulty and allow our minds to dwell on the lack and allow our minds to dwell on the deficiency of ourselves in this world. But God, when we begin to pray and worship, we begin to say, God, you're bigger than this mountain tonight mountain my God is bigger than you tonight as you're there praying and as we open up the altars in a moment we spend some time with God I want to challenge you to come to this altar tonight or pray at your seat or whatever you do and I want you to begin to describe your God to your mountain I want you to begin to tell your mountain that mountain that your God is bigger than it begin to tell that sickness my God is greater than this sickness Begin to tell those bills, my God is bigger. Begin to tell that marital problem, my God is bigger. Don't describe your problem to God. Describe your God to your problem. Tell your problem how big and mighty and able God is tonight. How many all over this place tonight as you're listening here or maybe online tonight, you don't know Jesus. You do not have the faith and the peace tonight to know that God's in control because God said, I've already paved out the way for you, but I just need you to accept what I've done for you. And you've never done that tonight, and you're not born again. You're not saved. Your name's not written in the book of life because you're, you haven't said, Jesus, I trust you that you took my place on that cross. You, you bore my burdens. You bore my sins on that cross. If you've never done that tonight, how many would say, Pastor, pray with me tonight. I'm not saved. Just lift your hand all over this place. I'm not born again. I don't know Jesus. I'm not saved. I, I, I've, I've been running from the truth. I know I need to change. I know I need to give my life to God. Maybe you're here tonight and you're 
you're bitter, you're angry, you're frustrated with the situation, but God's telling you, hey, stop worrying about it and give it to me. I'll take care of it. I'm the only one that can, that can do it. I'm the only one that can control that. Tonight as we're praying and we're seeking God, we're going to allow him tonight. We're going to allow him to show himself powerful. We're going to spend a few minutes. Again, this is the thing we want to do tonight. We want to spend time describing our God to our situations. God, my God's bigger than this fear I have in my life. My God's bigger and greater than my doubts. My God's bigger and greater than this sickness in my body. My God is bigger than this family member that doesn't know Jesus. As we stand tonight, we're going to open up these altars and spend a few moments praying and seeking the face of the Lord as we sing a song. Church tonight, come to this altar with some authority. Come to this altar with some dominion. Come to this altar with some some aggressiveness in your prayer life and declare tonight these things over your situations. Come against that spirit of worry and say, I'm not going to worry anymore. I'm going to pray more and I'm going to worry less tonight. Hallelujah. As we begin to sing, let's just spend a few minutes in the presence of God and let him minister to us tonight.